Down go the Buckeyes. Previously undefeated Ohio State falls at the hands of the women as they get it done tonight. 83-72 over Ohio State. Great win for the Hawkeye women. And we got football talk today. QB1, Cade McNamara out practicing. Looking pretty good, at least according to a still picture. That's today on Locked on Hawkeyes. Our Locked on Hawkeyes, your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, welcome in. I'm Trent Condon, and this is the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. Thanks for making Locked On Hawkeyes your first listen each and every day. Available wherever you get podcasts. You can also find us on YouTube. Make sure you hit that subscribe button while you're there on the podcast side. Five-star reviews. That's what we're looking for. Helps us get in front of more Hawkeye fans. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. We're getting started here with a big victory for the Iowa women's basketball team as they knock off undefeated at the time Ohio State 83-272. Such a fun game here. You had the national spotlight, ESPN2, a lot of buzz, really all that was going on. You had Duke, Virginia Tech happening on the men's side at the same time, but just wasn't a whole lot out there. Remember what Big Monday used to be uh, back in the day? You had the Big East game leading into, or an ACC game leading into the Big Eight and in the Big 12. It's not the same that it once was. And even as good as college basketball can be, just not the same level that we've seen at the past. And because of that, I think there were a lot more eyeballs than you'd anticipate for this Iowa women's basketball game against the Buckeyes. We know Caitlin Clark. She is worth the price of admission. She was outstanding again. It was a triple-double. We're going to talk plenty about Caitlin and the performance that she had out there because, as always, she deserves a lot of the credit. But this was a team victory. At a night where you were playing without one of your best players, when one of your starters is out of a game, and you have to go to a team that's 19-0, ranked second in the country, people talking about them maybe being a national championship contender. You have a matchup like that, and to go out there and play like the Iowa women did, not playing perfectly by any means, but to play at that level I think said a whole lot. McKenna Warnock. She was out for the game, one of the starters. And we asked the question, I believe it might have been even on yesterday's podcast, and what Lisa Bluter was going to do and what button she was going to push in the starting lineup. Knowing that Warnock was not going to be available, felt like we were trending that direction. You know, Which way do they go? And ultimately made the decision to go with more veteran in the lineup. So it was Caitlin Clark, Davis joined her in the backcourt, Gabby Marshall, Cezano, and Kate Martin were the five starters out there. Continue to bring Hannah Stulkey off the bench. She was great once again. A double-double, 13-11 and 11 for here. Also had four assists in the game. Boy, you talk about upside. You talk about difference maker. You know, this Iowa women's team coming into the year, big-time expectations. You know, their preseason top five didn't do a ton in terms of what they added when you looked at the transfer portal. Just brought in one player, good player, who uh, started, as we mentioned tonight, in Davis. But, it was going to be run it back again. 
and my concern with this team, even if you anticipate improvements, and we've seen that out of Caitlin Clark, I think you're still seeing even more to her game being added and becoming that all-around dynamo that you anticipate out of her. And Zazano inside doing her thing, and, and she's just so good. And, and the Iowa coaching staff, what they do with bigs is absolutely incredible. What they do with their post players year after year after year, it's it's unthinkable. You know, there's limitations to some of the players that have gone through there and had to play in the post for Iowa in the past, but they are so fundamentally sound, so well-schooled, just so every single time seemingly making the right play. And then on top of it, we have a point guard in Caitlin Clark that's going to get her the ball in the right spot. So you have that component here. Iowa 0-9 against top two teams over the past couple of decades. And you saw early on in the game, it was Caitlin Clark hitting shots. It was making the incredible passes. She's pulling up from the logo, doing her thing. But in a night where Ohio State didn't shoot it well, I think you got to give plenty of that credit to Iowa. They talked about earlier this year, after the loss to NC State, even the loss to UConn, where they played better defensively in that game, they know if they're going to hit their goals, if they're going to win another regular season crowd, if they're going to make a, a run into the second weekend, and maybe with the right luck into a final four, they're going to do that with obviously playing on the defensive end. That's what they have to do. First half played well. Second half, boy, things started to get away in that third quarter. Ohio State just continued to make buckets. They were getting to the rim whenever they wanted to. And a night where the Buckeyes did not shoot the ball well, they were just making plays and made it tight going into the corner. But Davis comes out, hits the three-pointer earlier that fourth quarter. Really, I think, for a moment at least, just kind of let Iowa get a deep breath underneath them. Just an absolutely huge shot. Caitlin with a deep three at the end of the shot clock with about eight minutes left. That was a monstrous one, too. And, you know, you look at this Iowa team and what they're doing and, and the way that they're playing, and you start to get excited about what this ultimately can be, what they can prove to be if they play defense in that fashion, if they do those kind of things. It just, it's great. It's absolutely great. Martin with the big three late in the game. That made it 13, and at that point, it was over. Iowa put that thing away. Caitlin Clark gets the triple-double, got a rebound late. The smiles on the faces of the players. Afterwards, the uh, Twitter account for the Iowa women's team putting the upset, yeah, the Ohio State University, really good. How about this? First women's or men's D1 player with the triple-double versus a top-two team since Dwayne Wade. You remember that game in the NCAA tournament against Kentucky for Marquette? I mean, the, these kind of numbers are being thrown out there. You're having fun with them and just looking at it. But really gravitate to this team. They're fun to watch. They get up and down the floor. Can they drive you a little bit nuts at times defensively? Yeah, that's going to happen. Are there going to be times where they're physically manhandled? Absolutely. But tonight is a night to celebrate what this Iowa women's team did. Getting the win against Ohio State putting yourself now in great position in the driver's seat in the Big Ten to win another regular season championship as they've ripped off their fourth consecutive victory after this one. They get Nebraska over the weekend. On paper, should be a victory back at Carver-Hawkeye Arena. And then next Thursday, a week from Thursday, February 2nd, this is kind of going to be a, a little bit of a, a lull in the schedule, if you will. They get Maryland. Brenda Freeze will bring her team in, and they will clutch, and they will grab, and they will play that garbage style of defense that they seemingly always do. They got to be ready to go. It's going to be a physical kind of game. But all of a sudden, you're starting to think big again about this team. And after those four losses earlier this year, three losses earlier this year, had the one conference loss to Illinois, those three losses, it was, well, maybe they're better, but it's still kind of same old Iowa, right? Good enough to make the tournament, maybe win a couple of games. But when you get to that upper echelon, you're not sure they're there. Now, this kind of performance 
absolutely brings that back a little bit. Talked about some of the players in the game again and what they did in the victory against Ohio State. The triple-double from Caitlin Clark. Davis hitting that three. Her only bucket of the night, it was an important one. Gabby Marshall playing great defense. She was all over the floor. Hustle plays all over the place. She was excellent. Cesano in a night where she just plays 23 minutes as 22 and didn't rebound it that well, just four rebounds. Now, a reason for that is because the Buckeyes, for whatever reason, were shooting a ton of threes, and they were not shooting it well. That meant a lot more long rebounds. So, Kate Martin's helping on the glass. She has a double-double, 13 points, 11 rebounds. We mentioned Hannah Stulkey with her 13 rebounds to go along with eight points off the bench. They got a little bit of something from everybody in the game. It's exactly what you need. Iowa gets the victory, and now we start to think a little bit bigger for this women's team. First time we've done a kind of an instant reaction to the Iowa women's team. We got plenty more coming up here on Locked On Hawkeyes. Football fans, we got you covered as well. Some pictures coming out in a couple of news items, including a potential transfer in the portal right now that has just entered the portal, and he's an offensive lineman. We'll tell you a little bit about that. We'll also break down a picture. Hey, that's what happens when guys are going through January workouts here. Winter workouts before spring football. We break down pictures. We're looking for it all. QB1, Cade McNamara, he was out there, and he was looking good. Well, at least didn't have a knee brace on. We'll break things down as we roll through here. This is the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. Today's episode of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast is brought to you by our newest sponsor, Fan duel. The NFL playoffs are here. We're excited about our new sports betting partner on Lockdown because they're the number one sports book in America, FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, even better. They have so many great features to make betting on sports fun and easy. New customers, listen to this. Join today, get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. How about that? Just sign up at fanduel.com slash lockdown. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel has all your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads, player props. They have you covered there. You can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with their same game parlays. Coming up this weekend, of course, we got the NFL Championship weekend. I, right away, San Francisco, I'm waiting for that three to pop. Two and a half right now is the number. Gets to three. I'm jumping on the 49ers. I'm a believer. Eagles looked great last week. You never look quite as good as you did the previous week. I'm going to buy into that. Now, same thing with Cincinnati on the other side. I just have to wait and see with Mahomes. We're not going to get any information throughout the week. We're not going to hear about practice reports. We're not going to hear anything. But on that limited ankle, I think I'm looking at round three of Cincinnati against San Francisco in the championship. We'll continue to break things down here throughout the week. All on the app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use with FanDuel. So football fans, don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet and get $150 in free bets, win or lose, at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Trent kind of back with you again here on the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. Thanks for making Lockdown Hawkeyes your first listen each and every day. Hey, hit that subscribe button right now if you're on YouTube watching me and uh, gets us in front of more Hawkeye fans. So as we roll through here, time to get into a little football talk. We're going to talk about the men's team after a just scintillating victory for the women tonight. So much fun. 
And watching that, I've been talking a lot about my daughter. She's starting to get into Iowa basketball. I'm, I'm, I'm working hard at it, trying to make everything, trying to make it as good as possible. Watching the ladies, you know, she's been into that a little bit more the last couple of years and took her over to the Indiana men's game. Got to get over now and uh, watch the women's team in action here over the next couple of weeks and just the incredible play of Caitlin Clark. Got to continue to do that. And I will continue to build fans here, at least in the Condon household. But let's jump into some football. Now, this is the quiet time, right? It's January. We're waiting for potential news with the coaching staff. Still haven't heard from Kirk Ferentz. We're waiting for that. Are we going to get one of those January press conferences? Is it now going to wait until February after the next signing day? Why we even sign anybody in the next signing day? So we're kind of waiting all that. Of course, the carousel that is the NFL coaching tree, that continues to happen, and, and we wait for news. And, and that's what it is. And you guys know my piece right now. I've said it many times before. You understand where I am, what I want to see. But in the here and now, there are things to get excited about, including a picture of Cade McNamara. Now, let's be honest. Even if nothing changes offensively, even if the offensive staff stays intact, philosophy stays the same, there isn't a whole lot of adaptation from what they've been in the past. It's not like they're going to become a top 50 offense by any means, but they're going to be so much better because they have a competent quarterback. And Spencer Petras, to be quite frank, he was a bad quarterback. I mean, I can't remember in my lifetime of 42 years a quarterback as bad as him. And we've had some rough ones that have walked through there. It's not to deride him as a person. Anybody that has had any kind of interactions with Spencer Peters will tell you what kind of an incredible person he is. We're just talking about Spencer Peters, the quarterback. And it wasn't good. Limited athleticism, no mobility, a strong arm, but not great accuracy. All these things put together in the Iowa scheme turned into a bad quarterback. And it didn't work for three years. That's the reality here. They didn't have anybody better, they felt. So they just kept riding them out there time in and time out. And we saw the circumstances. Cade McNamara is a huge step forward from that. You got the leadership qualities. And anybody that has anything to say or do or watch Michigan football will start right there. When they talk about Cade McNamara, they'll talk about him as a leader. They will continue to talk about what he meant to that program a year ago, getting into the Big Ten Championship going and beating, of course, Iowa there, beating Ohio State at the end of the regular season and ultimately getting the college football playoff. So much of that is put at Cade McNamara. You look at the numbers, they're not going to wow you, but the biggest thing is his accuracy. And in order to run, well, any offense in today's day and age, accuracy is paramount to be able to do the things that you want. It is going to be a huge upgrade on that level. He's going to want to take shots up the field, something that was a limited part of the Iowa offense. Now he's got to have guys to throw it. We talked about that. But overall, just going from McNamara, it is going to be a huge, huge upgrade for this Iowa team. So a couple of things there. First of all, just just seeing him, right? Seeing him out there doing his thing. He's going through workouts. He's got the big ropes. He's swinging them back and forth. Just no knee brace. Who knows? Was it a stage photo? Who knows about that? Probably was it in some way. But just seeing that on the Hawkeye football Twitter account got the juices flowing again. Yes, we want to see many of us something different in the coordinator position. And again, we've gone through that time and in time out. And until there's news, there's really not a whole lot more to say about that. But it just was one of those moments that got you so excited, so fired up about the potential of what this can be, what this team possibly could be going forward. It got me. It really did. It really got me and got me excited about 
everything that can be for Iowa football. You look at the schedule next year, it sets up beautifully. We know on the top, there is no Ohio State. There is no Michigan. And ultimately, that is a huge step forward, and we've seen that in the past. Teams from the Big Ten West that have that schedule have a huge advantage. And it's played out seemingly every single year. When you don't have those two heavyweights there, it's going to be completely different for you. So this is what it sets up. Now, the first Big Ten game is going to be incredibly difficult. In fact, I believe Penn State is going to be right there with Ohio State and Michigan next year. And you got to go there in the first game of Big Ten play. You come home for Michigan State, we'll see about Sparty. A year two of Mel Tucker was an unmitigated disaster. Iowa hasn't played Michigan State a ton. It's got to see him in the COVID year. Again, chalk that out to a big mm. Purdue after that. Hey, maybe we exercise some demons a year ago. Plus, Jeff Romney's back in Louisville, so don't have to worry about him. Go to Wisconsin. That'll be a huge matchup. Home for the Gophers. Phil Fleck, can he figure out Iowa? He hasn't been able to do it yet. A bye week, and then they finish up November. At Northwestern, possibility that game's going to be played in Wrigley Field. Rutgers at home. Illinois at home. And at Nebraska. It's all right there. It's all right there for Iowa to have a big season. Double-digit wins is not out of the realm of possibility for this team next year. Even without big changes offensively. The schedule sets up beautifully. And see McNamara gets excited. A couple other news and notes for Iowa football. First, I uh, want to jump into the recruiting world. And for old-timers like myself, you remember Leroy Smith absolutely terrorizing people coming off the edge for Iowa football back in the 80s. Undersized guy, but, boy, he could get to the quarterback. Well, his son. Tight end, wide receiver, kind of hybrid guy down in Texas. Iowa had been after him for a long time. Uh, he just made his commitment after his, his official visit to Nebraska. And unfortunately, he's going to be a Cornhusker. So Nebraska gets another one. Now, this one had some other circumstances that did surround it. Uh, his high school coach had just taken over the reins at Nebraska as a tight ends coach. I mean, that, that's a pretty steep hill to climb trying to come back with that. Even with maybe dad in his ear talking about the greatness that is Iowa and getting to Iowa City and all those things. And your high school coach, somebody that you'd anticipate you have one heck of a connection with, that's going to change things, I think, just a little bit overall and, and where the thoughts are in the recruiting world. We see this happen all the time, right? We see this happen so often where it is a high school coach, somebody close to a player, they go somewhere and they're going to foul right afterwards. One other note I want to get into here and uh, something else that I saw come across Twitter is a potential of a transfer along the offensive line. So we've talked a little bit about what they've done. They were after a bunch of tackle prospects, ultimately got one, the D2 kid from Saginaw. And, and we'll see, is there going to be a learning curve? No doubt about it, but you hear a lot about him, athleticism. He's going to be a guy that maybe is going to have to work on a few fundamental things in coming in, but he is going to be a big help of what Iowa has at the tackle spot. I have been a long proponent, though, that Iowa need to find help at center. We saw this year the center position. It just it wasn't frank. Were we spoiled a little bit of what we saw over the last three years of Linderbaum? I, I think you can absolutely make that argument. We We were. We saw an all-timer out there. But Logan Jones you know, had the great play against Michigan that was one of the worst flags you're going to see in a football game. Got flagged for blocking too hard, ultimately, in that one. Still, throughout the course of the season, you know, the ball getting back there a little bit slow, it just felt off all season long with him at the center position. Something that 
taking Linderbaum out of it, even just adequate centers. We didn't see that during 24 years of Kirk Ferentz. Could he be a great guard? Maybe. Could he ultimately be a great center? Absolutely. But there is a name in the transfer portal that has an Iowa connection, and that is Rusty Feth. Played at Miami of Ohio, played both guard and center, so an interior offense alignment there. Look, it helps for depth, and we're still trying to sort things out inside and what that's going to look like. His offensive line coach for two years was George Barnett. I was offensive line coach. So again, maybe putting some things together, six foot five, 304 pounds, interior offensive lineman, build that depth. I am all about it. Bring in those guys, help out. And I'm about Rusty Feth. Find a spot for him, figure things out. If it's center, if it's guard, whatever it is, they need help. Iowa, it doesn't matter if it's a new coordinator. It doesn't matter if it's a new system. It doesn't matter if it's a new play caller. If it's still a bad offensive line, there's only so much that you can do. Yeah, Joe Burrow, he's able to do one thing. Gabe McNamara, I'm sorry, is not Joe Burrow. Really nice quarterback, good college quarterback. He's not Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow was able to do it behind a depleted offensive line. He's been able to do that now for a couple of seasons. He's different. We're talking about Iowa and the way Iowa plays, the way that they're going to be able to do things. They have to be so much better than they've been the last two years up front. Wrapping up with a little basketball talk. We jump over to the men's side. We talk ladies. Let's talk about the men. We'll do that next year on Locked On Hawkeyes. Trey Cotton back with you one final time on the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. Thanks for making Locked On Hawkeyes your first listen every day. Make sure to check out our brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball. Everything you need to know about college hoops in one place. You can hear from all the big names out there, insiders, coaches, players. It's Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. As we roll through here, over to some college basketball and on the men's side of things. So it's Thursday. We're waiting for the road trip out to Michigan State. Tough loss over the weekend. If you missed the episode yesterday here on Lockdown Hawkeyes, we broke things down a whole lot. Need to see the Tony Perkins we saw in the Maryland game. He has to come back. Need better play there. Saw some things out of Aaron Ulyss yet still had four turnovers. Overall, this Iowa team turned it over way too much against Ohio State. Iowa, they can beat teams by outscoring them, but they have to be a lot better on the offensive end. And they do have to sprinkle in, you know, a stop or two every once in a while. And there were long stretches where that wasn't the case. Frustrating game, no doubt. I think this is a flusher, though. Just flush it, move on. Not a whole lot that can be taken away from that one outside of you got to play with a lot better effort, you got to be better on the boards, and you have to be better defensively if you're going to have any chance here. The Big Ten is an absolute quagmire there. Just in the middle, you look at the middle of the standings right now in the Big Ten. Purdue, they're at the top. They're on their own tier. They have separated themselves, and you have to give them credit for what they put together. But here's the rest of the Big Ten right now. You got Rutgers and Michigan, both at 5-3. and three. Northwestern, after their win tonight against Wisconsin, they're 4-3. and three. Michigan State's 5-4. and four. Indiana, Illinois, Iowa, Penn State, Wisconsin, all sit at 4-4, four and four, followed by Ohio State and Maryland, both 3-5. and five. Nebraska, 3-6, and six, and then Minnesota rounds it out at 1-7. and seven. Projected numbers from Ken Pomeroy. He's got Purdue winning it at 16 and four. He's got Rutgers finishing second at 13 and seven. And then after those two teams, how about this? You have 10 teams finishing between 11 and nine and nine and 11. Of those 10, nine of them, either 11 and nine or 10 and 10, including 
the Iowa Hawkeyes. As we've said before, going into the Big Ten tournament, if Iowa finishes 10-10 and 10 in the Big Ten, they're going to have a lot of work to do. I mean, at minimum, I think in that scenario, they have to make a run to the semifinals, maybe even the championship game to feel good about being an NCAA tournament team. Now, it also matters who you beat along the way. It matters what happens across the country. Look, this isn't played in a vacuum. It's not you guarantee with 10 wins in the Big Ten, you're in the NCAA tournament. We know that's not the case. It's not the way that it's been in a long time. And we can play the way back machine uh, another time. But Iowa, a lot of things that you can point to, a lot of things that you can look at and say they need to be better. Michigan State hasn't been a great one, but just a couple years back, they went to the Breslin Center and dominated. So it can happen. It absolutely can happen. Let's hope that shooting stroke comes back. Let's get a good Peyton Sanford game. Let's have Euless build on what he saw. Perkins, we get the guy that we saw against Maryland. Chris Murray, you keep doing your thing. Rebracha, be better on the board. Stay out of foul trouble. Put all these things together and maybe even a return of Patrick McCaffrey. Now, that's going to be another part here that bears watching in the week ahead. We're going to talk about that as we get closer to the tip-off against Michigan State. And what is that? What is that dynamic if he makes the decision to come back? What kind of role is he going to have when he comes back to the team? Yeah. Ultimately, the most important thing is for him to get right, get healthy, feel good about himself, get everything in a mental state where he needs to be. That is the most important thing. There's no doubt about it. That's where we start the conversation. But when we jump to the basketball side, there are the things that we can talk about and what kind of role makes sense for him. Is it easier maybe coming off the bench and not having the expectations of way down and going through the starting lineups and all those things? Everybody's different. Everybody's wired differently, and maybe that's something that ultimately can help Patrick out. We'll talk about that as the week continues, but we're out of here. Hey, Hawkeyes, get it done against the Buckeyes on the women's side. Boy, that was so much fun. I'm watching Sports Center tonight. They're just going crazy about Caitlin Clark and about this Iowa team, and we start to dream a little bit more. Great victory for the Iowa women. We got plenty going on. Also coming up this week, of course, Iowa Penn State on the mat. We'll break that thing down. Number one versus number two coming out at University Park coming up this weekend out at State College. We'll talk about that a little bit as the week progresses as well. I'm Trent Conda. Thanks for making Lockdown Hawkeyes again your first listen each and every day. For your second listen, again, check out our brand new podcast. It's Lockdown College Basketball. I think you guys will love it. Our experts, Isaac Shotty and Andy Patton, they give you everything you need to know in college basketball. You can hear from the experts, the coaches, the players, all throughout college basketball, Locked on College Basketball. It's available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. We'll talk to you again tomorrow, LaShawn. He's going to be stopping by later in the week. We'll see if we can track down Jace. He's got a real job. He, He is a lawyer. So we'll see if we can get a couple of minutes with him. Get ready for Thursday night. Iowa, Michigan State on the men's side. Getting ready for Friday night on the wrestling mat with Iowa Penn State. We got some football. We got a lot going on. We'll keep you up to date as we do each and every day right here on Lockdown Hawkeyes.